Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 11th of May. There's going to be a new premiere in the Northern Territory. In today's deep dive, we're chatting about what is happening on the stock market. Sam is going to take us through what that all means and why it's happening. But Sam, to the north now and what's happened with Michael Gunner? He resigned yesterday, effective immediately. Northern Territory Premier Michael Gunner released a statement saying, the birth of our second child the week before last confirmed something for me. My head and my heart are no longer here. They are at home. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has announced Queensland will introduce new laws to better protect people from domestic and family violence, including establishing coercive control as a criminal offence. The state government will introduce a bill to criminalise coercive control before the end of 2023. A content warning, this story might be distressing for some people. Scott Morrison has defended his party's candidate in Warringah after Catherine Deves claims transgender people were, quote, mutilated by medically transitioning. When asked yesterday about these comments, Morrison suggested, quote, what we're talking about here is gender reversal surgery for young adolescents. We can't pretend this type of surgery is a minor procedure. To some good news now, and preparation has begun on the setup of Europe's largest floating solar park. The park, which will open in July, is expected to assist Portugal to cut reliance on imported fossil fuels. Okay, so moving on from the day's news to what is happening with the markets. And yesterday, the ASX closed 1% lower, recovering in the final hour of trading from a shaky start to the day. It was the latest in a string of days where markets have tumbled. In fact, the market hit its lowest since January this week, and the US market has now clocked up five consecutive weeks of declines and is down nearly 17% since the start of the year, which makes this the worst period for the markets in the US since June 2011. But what has led to the panic? Sam, start from the beginning. What's the short answer? Well, I think the first thing to say is the realization that June 2011 was more than 10 years ago. So this is a big moment for the markets. The short answer is this. Markets have been dragged down by tech, mining and the energy sector as global investors worry about the impact of COVID in China and rising interest rates. That's a lot to deconstruct and we're going to do that now. But keep in mind that when we talk about the stock market, a loss of more than 2% is a very significant day. It's one that will inevitably be discussed by news media as a cause of concern. Now, we are dangerously close to hitting that mark now for a number of days in a row. Now, a 2% hit to the Australian stock market represents $64 billion in losses for that day. So it's big money we're talking about. Let's look at the factors one by one. First, talk to me about China and does it have anything to do with what we were talking about on the pod yesterday? It has everything to do with what we were talking about yesterday. China's pursuit of COVID zero, which is zero COVID cases in the country, has massive economic impacts. Everything's slowing down. Factory production and logistics chains are extremely slow and China's export growth, so how much they're exporting to the rest of the world, is at a two-year low. Export growth in March, so how much they exported compared to the month before, was 14.7%. In April, it was only 3.9%. That is really bad news. There's a lockdown that captures the Shanghai port, which is one of the biggest ports in the world. And interestingly, drivers from outside the city are not taking up work because they fear being caught in lockdowns. So they're actually not turning up at the port to transport product. 
Now let's play all that out for a public company in Australia, say your favorite clothing label. The company is going to struggle to get products made and transported from China at the rate that they need, at the rate that we want to buy from them, which means that their sales are going to go down. That means they're going to have to tell their investors they didn't make as much as they thought they would, especially when they forecasted some big sales in the post-pandemic boom. That's going to make investors want to sell the stocks. And this is all being made worse by the horrific events in Ukraine, I would presume. Absolutely. And even if we stick with the Chinese context, China's growth is being more threatened by the geopolitical and financial tensions flowing from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And this has resulted in the soaring costs of energy and food, all generated from this war. China is reliant on imported energy and food. So if we play that scenario out, the factories in China that have been running on imported petrol from Russia have to now pay more for their fuel, which is a cost that they pass on to a supplier, which is a cost that the supplier, like the fashion label we talked about before, passes on to us. Now, as a consumer, this either means we don't buy the goods or the cost of living for us goes up, and that might sound familiar. It's what we've been talking about a lot this election. Now, outside of the Chinese context, the threat of an escalated war in Ukraine is making markets all around the world extremely shaky. European markets are tumbling on the back of very localized fears of conflict. They're also dealing with a high number of refugees and the changes to energy supply across Europe. Now, many countries in Europe are trying to diversify the supply of oil and gas, so they're not reliant on Russia to supply them with these commodities. But that's expensive, and it is showing now on markets. Are we about to see a stock market crash then? I definitely don't want to be sensationalist, so I'm not sure we're ready to call a crash, but we're definitely seeing what economists and market observers call a cooling of conditions. There was one US analyst from BlackRock, which is one of the world's best investment firms that caught my eye yesterday. He said, we also see little chance of a perfect economic scenario of low inflation and growth just humming along. So in other words, we've got some big factors here we're going to have to deal with as an economy. If we look back at history, the recent spike in inflation that we're talking a lot about this election suggests that we are due for a contraction, which is not the same as a crash. It's kind of a a mini speed bump. The big fact that we turn to when making this prediction is that only with one exception, every recession since World War II has been preceded by soaring prices, which is what we're experiencing right now. So it feels like we need to get our heads around what a recession is again. How do we know we're in one? This is kind of the third time we've talked about the recession since the beginning of the COVID pandemic in 2020. So quite a compact period for podcast listeners who've been with us for a while. But a recession is a period of economic decline. And that means there's two consecutive quarters, so six months in total, of negative growth. The indicators we look at for a recession are things like rising unemployment, falling retail sales, slowed manufacturing growth, and a decline in personal income, wages. Australia was extremely lucky to escape a recession in the 2008 global financial crisis. We were actually the only major economy to avoid a recession during that time, and that was mainly because of the demand from China for natural resources. 
Now, this is important. The demand from China is not something we can count on this time. More recently, only in the last 18 months or so, Australia experienced a recession due to the COVID pandemic. 2020's recession was Australia's first in almost 30 years, but by the end of 2020, Australia was technically out of a recession. Now, we have to name the elephant in the room. We are two weeks out from a federal election, so I would expect to see the last part of this very long campaign dominated by talk about the economy. Last thing, and I'll tell the audience that Sam has fed me this question, wouldn't normally be asking about crypto markets, but I remember when we have talked about crypto over the years, it's always been treated as a bit of a safe haven from volatility, at least that's what its supporters say. Is that happening now? I really wanted you to ask me this question because the answer is super interesting. As you said, crypto has been seen as this hedge against global stock markets. They have been seen as a safe way to keep your money in recent times if there's volatility on global traditional markets. But now the cryptocurrency sector is slumping at the same rate as traditional markets. Bitcoin is actually at its lowest level in nearly a year. Since last Friday, the value of one Bitcoin is down 13%, its lowest level since last July, and it's 50% down since its peak in last November. This tells us one super important fact. Crypto isn't a safe haven against broader market falls. And now it's kind of more closely aligned with broader stock portfolios. More of us have it as part of our broader investment strategy. Lots of the institutional funds and expert investors have some exposure to it. So in a way, it's kind of a victim of its own success. It was such an attractive investment offer that now all the traditional investors are getting behind it and it's feeling the same pain. Crypto or not, it's certainly something that a lot of our audience members will be keeping a keen eye on as it affects everybody, regardless of whether you are playing the stock market or not. That is all we have time for today on The Daily Oz. However, if you want to keep up to date with everything that's happening in the lead up to the federal election, come follow us on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where over 350,000 Aussies get their news every day. And we will be posting an exclusive interview with Anthony Albanese later this week. We're sitting down with him today. And it'd be great to have you over there with us. Have a great day.